The world is changing, but is it changing enough? We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast. This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Mandy Petrie. Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 108 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me on the phone again is Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hey, Brian. Well, back out to the parking lot again. I am, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, strange stuff going on with, with cable and internet, and yep, I am down, I'm, I am, I'm in the, uh, the same ball field uh, parking lot. Yeah. Well, uh, of course, uh, you know, every uh, this has been a weird week for sure. And uh, it, in in some aspects, it's going to be uh, kind of weird to, to talk about geek stuff with, you know, it seems like there's more important things going on. And we are going to talk about that for a little bit. But at the same time, I, I mean, obviously, um, what's been going on this week, uh, definitely something uh, that we should uh, talk about. But, uh, I mean, there's a lot of bad news everywhere. I uh, just saw a, an article uh, that uh, AMC is pretty much sure that they're not going to be able to come uh, to get back uh, to reopen is what they're saying. And the movie theaters are not going to survive. Yeah, I mean, it's looking really bad for them. They said that, uh, of course, here in West Virginia, uh, there's talks about reopening things starting uh, on the 15th. Um, but that's, you know, that's just the start of everything, and um, and that's here. So basically what AMC is saying is that uh, if they're not able to really get started by the end of June, that's going to be it. But you have to look at, even if they do decide to open, what are they going to have to play? Because mm-hmm. a lot of theaters are holding off uh, way past June. I mean, they're, you know, the big ticket movies that uh, uh, that someplace like AMC would depend on, you know, they're not going to be available for a while. I mean, they... Yeah, those big summer blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, everything's really being pushed to the end of the year because, of course, they want to make absolutely sure that, um, you know, that uh, people are going to be not only, you know, able to go to theaters, but they're going to be willing to. Mm. And... I mean, there's even no real guarantee till the end of the year. But uh, I mean, they're, again, they're wanting to push this, you know, push this to the end. But you know, in the meantime, like I said, you know, AMC, one of the biggest theater chains in America, you know, they, you know, they are in a situation where they they may not be able to wait that long, and so that's going to be a that's going to be a major, you know, that's going to be a, a major change to to you know, to the theater game in, you know, in general, you know, and, and especially for Hollywood. And, uh, uh, but, you know, of course, you know, they're trying to, to push on at, you know, with business as usual, even though things are so different. And, uh, you know, I, I figured that eventually th- uh, that, uh, you know, content would start to run out. And so, you know, there'd be this desperate uh, uh, grab for content. And so I have to bring this up uh, because I've seen this in uh, I've seen several articles on this, 
and I don't know if you heard about this or uh, yet or not, but it's looking like, of course, we talked about HBO Max. Apparently, they're going to be getting the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. I have heard uh, things like that about, you know, uh, about the, the Snyder Cut and, you know, the world's rejoicing and yeah. the like. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there 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 have been some naysayers out there uh, who uh, who said there was never going to be a Snyder cut, and I'm you know, and I'm sure they feel real stupid right now. And by them, and by them, I mean me. So, uh. <laughs> um, but then again, I mean, when I did, when I said there was no way the Snyder cut was coming out, I I mean, again, you know, I. I realized that I didn't say when I uh, at the time that it's like, well, you know, if there was a pandemic or something, you know, it'll probably come out, you know. So I I, I can't lean <laughs> lean on that exactly. Yeah, you know, our our world has really, you know, it's being reduced to memes is such a big such a big thing now. So all the um, you know, I didn't have murder hornets on my uh, bingo. Um, I didn't have uh, K-pop uh, flooding on my on my uh, apocalypse bingo kind of thing so uh we are seeing things that we just that uh that our specul- speculative fiction authors did not see coming um yeah i think like the big thing is that uh everyone's saying you know we're going to keep going back to stephen king and you know even king Stephen King says this is much scarier than anything I've ever written, you know, that we're living in, in the sand and we're living in uh, the dead zone. So, uh, but at the same time, and he says, no, no, this is much scarier. And so when Stephen King says this is much scarier. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there's a point where you're like, um, uh, where you don't want things to get, you know, you don't want to write about things that can get this bad. And, and, and at the same time, you also don't want to stretch credit, you know, uh, a credible thing is like, well, I mean, there's no way all this could happen. Uh, and it has, but, uh, so yeah, they, um, apparently there will be a Snyder cut that will be showing on HBO max. And so, uh, but you know, that's the thing. It's like now all these rumors of director's cuts of films are, uh, uh, are now in the works, et cetera, et cetera. I've, I've heard rumors of a three and a half hour, um, Ghostbusters 2016 cut that they want to do a director's cut of that and put it out. Uh, unlike the Snyder cut, I believe that a, a, a three and a half to four hour Ghostbusters cut is possible. I just don't think it's <laughs> that it's advisable. Yeah, as long as we get as long as we get more Kevin uh, in the office. Yeah, I could watch three hours of Kevin in the office cleaning his glasses and not answering the fish tank phone. I'd be fine with that. Well, the one scene that I know that got cut out of the movie, and um, it's a scene that, of course, makes, uh, by it being cut, means that there are some things that happen afterwards that you're like, what the heck is going on here? This doesn't make sense. But Kevin, the possessed Kevin, of course, makes the Army uh, and the National Guard a dance in the street. And that's that scene was completely cut out of the out of the movie, and so when they're they're kind of striking this pose and the Ghostbusters walk up, it's like what what the heck's going on here? Well, you missed the dance number because they cut it yeah. from the movie. So, uh. but uh, but but the thing about the of course, um, the biggest problem, and we've talked about this before, the biggest problem I had with Ghostbusters was you know, there was a lot of improv going on, and you have to be able to kind of cut and trim that. 
I um and which they you know which you know didn't happen and adding more to it I I think kind of exacerbates the problems uh, at least that I had with the movie you know yeah, and sometimes with improv it's it's lightning in a bottle it can be really funny one time but if you try to recreate it you you know you're not going to get that same you know uh that, that exact same thing so if something was really funny on set and they're like do it again so we can get another take you may not catch that oh again. yeah well i mean you know that i mean you would know that better than anyone for sure <laughs> um but uh but you know the thing about it is it's like when you're riffing and and coming up with jokes i mean some of them land and some of them don't for sure and um and one thing i definitely noticed is um that you know, of course, you have these. Um, you know, Kristen Wiig had a you know a very a specific character um, in the in the movie, um, but it always seemed like when she was riffing and she was doing improv, she kind of dropped that character and became more herself, mm-hmm. um, and which became really noticeable, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, and not to say that you know Kristen Wiig doesn't know how to do comedy. Good lord, I, that would be the most ridiculous thing to say ever. Um, and that's, but, that's what could be the thing about it is she knows how to do comedy. She wasn't necessarily playing a character that was comedic herself, but was in uh, comedic situations and reacted to them comically. So that character, you know, putting forth the he was the straight man. Her character was the straight man, and you know, everyone else was the was banana man. And so uh, to you know to kind of switch over like that, uh, people just. You know, there's, it's a formula. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a formula. Sure. you got to follow the formula. Oh, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So, but, you know, like I said, there, there's been all these rumors that we're going to get the director's cut of Ghostbusters. And I've even heard rumors, and I'm going to have to bring, I'm, I can't believe I'm bringing this up again. But this is, and, and, but if people are literally thinking about this, I have to say that this is, uh, um, this just shows just how desperate people are for content. Uh, and how desperate uh, movie theaters are for content, but uh, but there's been the rumor, and take this with a grain of salt, that um, that we may uh, we may see on our screens finally uh, the the rumored butthole cut of cats. <laughs> oh my god! Someone found it. <laughs> I could, well, I mean, it's on a hard drive somewhere, I guess. But you know, that's the thing. It's like so everybody's now, like, "I want to see the butthole cut," and uh, yeah, you're one of them. So uh, I, yeah, I'm not. Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure I am, to be honest. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, there's a there's a curiosity. Uh, pardon the pun. Uh, a curiosity about what this thing looked like before they had to fix the special effects on it, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's like, I mean, I I could see myself going to a theater and watching this train wreck, but sitting at home by myself, uh, I I don't know, I don't know. It's like, uh, um, uh. uh I, I just don't know. It's just like, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid that I would watch it. That's the thing. It's like, do, you know, would I go down that rabbit hole or cat hole or wh- whatever hole that is? Uh, would I, you know, it's like, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I would feel about that for sure. 
But, uh, I mean, at this point, like I said, I mean, there's, you know, theaters are, um, well, movie studios are looking to uh, revamp what their, uh, you know, their schedules and everything else and, and coming up with new content. And uh, Ari Ashter, the uh, the uh, direct writer-director who brought us Midsummer and Hereditary, is saying mm-hmm. he's wanting to come out with a nightmare comedy uh, that clocks in at four hours long. Did you hear about this? Huh. I have not. Um, I, I think he could do it. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I do I have don't to. don't know that I want something that long. Yeah, I mean, four hours is, is kind of crazy. You kind of had to break that up. I'm like, uh, I mean, I think he could pull it off. I mean, he's certainly the um, uh, the master of the slow burn. Um, I, I do have to ask you, have you have you uh, seen Hereditary or Midsummer? Have you seen any of those? Yes. Yes, I've seen both of them. You have. Mm-hmm. I gotta ask yes. you. So, what did you think? Oh, I I, I love them both. Um, you know, they're uh, you know uh, hereditary. It really, you know, it it, it kind of it threw me. Uh, like that's, uh, but I, I I get the appeal of it. I get you know everything that uh, and and I I I did enjoy it. It it was as deep. <laughs> Um, I definitely enjoyed Midsummer better, and uh, I, I know uh, I, I honestly thought we had talked about this, but I guess maybe I was talking to Kevin or something. Um, but that Midsummer was the remake of Wicker Man that we should have gotten. <laughs> um, so, like a, a big thing is in the original Wicker Man, uh, you know his his uh, the main character, the the inspector, his. His piety, his his religion, his faith was such a big was such a big part of you know what made what made that film what it was. Well, when you try to translate that into uh, into a more modern setting, um, and then we end up you know with this Nicolas Cage who uh, instead of being appalled by like sexuality and things like that, he's just um, he doesn't it does it doesn't read as well um but when when we're looking at midsummer and we're looking at it as actual that the modern modern life is kind of um kind of the enemy here uh and it ends up being you know that she really needs to leave leave modern behind uh because even though she's out in the modern world she is you know Mile, uh, miles away from her parents. She's nowhere near. Um, she could only talk to her family, you know, through a screen or on a phone. And then there's a, a great tragedy that happens. Like technology was supposed to bring us together. It's actually brought us further apart. But then she is taken to this village where without technology, they're, they're the closest family she's ever had. And, um, that they, they're, they're willing to fill her pain with her. I mean that's the that's a big it's a big theme throughout you know all of midsummer is shared pain uh, because because we love each other that we're willing to share your pain and uh, even though uh, with with a modern society we can see everyone's pain but it makes us uncomfortable so we don't want to talk about it um, yeah and that that was the big thing with uh, with her boyfriend's friends as you know as soon as she comes around and uh, they're like oh she's dealing with with something we got to leave kind of thing. Um, but then there's this boy from 
this village where they're so close and he wants to actually talk to her about it. And um, so she ends up finding this new family. Uh, so I really, I really did enjoy it. And it's, you know, that same, that folk horror, um, just like, you know, uh, like we get in the Wicker Man. And uh, it was, and, and there are some nods to the Wicker Man and to the 2000, uh, whatever, Nicolas Cage uh, Wicker Man. Um, one in particular, uh, I don't know if we're going to do spoilers or not. Well, at this uh, point, I think it would be safe to, to go ahead and do spoilers. So, spoiler warning if you haven't seen it. Spoiler warning. Um, when they put the, the kid in the bear suit. Yeah, um, well, they put him in a bear. They, they put him in a bear, yeah. And Nicholas Cage wore a bear suit in his Wicker Man. And then they, they, then they burn him up. So I think that was kind of like, yeah, we're, we're destroying... We're destroying the bad Wicker Man. <laughs> yeah, for so, sure. Yeah, I really did, and I really did enjoy it. And I could see both, you know, uh, Hereditary and and Midsummer, and you know, they've got that really good balance uh, with each other. Oh yeah. Well, one thing I I'll, I'll just say something briefly about both. Well, of course, we didn't talk about it too much because I didn't want any spoilers. But you know, I always say about Hereditary. The one thing about Hereditary that that's different than than other horror movies is, you know, in, in, in regular horror movies, you know, you have an ebb and flow. You know, you build tension, you release tension. You know, it's sort of like a like a roller coaster. Um, Hereditary is not scripted that way. They build tension and then they hold on that tension until you get used to that being the new normal. And then they ramp it up. It's mm-hmm. a very unpleasant. Right. You know, it's like it, it it's unrelenting. And it's like I've always said, there's that midpoint in the in the movie, whether you're, you know, it's it's the crossing point. If you can get past that midpoint, with of course is the telephone pole scene. Uh, yes. If you can get past that, then you'll mm-hmm. deal with the. Right, but I know a lot of people who can't. Yep, and uh, and I can see because, uh, you know, at, at times you can think uh, this is just this is a weird child, um, and like you kind of think, oh well, maybe she's gonna get possessed. And then, like, realizing, you know, oh, oh, she was possessed the whole time. <laughs> and now, uh, and now they've kind of spoiled the plans. So, uh, oh, yeah. Well, and, yeah. and the thing about it, too, is it's just, it is such an unrelenting film. It's like it, does, it doesn't let off. It just, it will stop long enough for you to just basically get used to how hot the water is, and then it cranks it up a little bit. Um, Midsummer, it's it's a very uh, you know on the on the other hand, Midsummer is not as it's not the death march to hell <laughs> that um, um, that Hereditary was, but uh, I will say uh, I mean it's it's really interesting because ultimately what it is is a breakup film, you know, mm-hmm. and it 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 basically lets you know what the theme is right at the beginning when of course. Our main character, her, uh, she loses her entire family because of a murder suicide. You know, loses her sister and her father and her mother, and she's just devastated as you would expect her to be. And here she is, and you know, in the arms of her boyfriend, just breaking down, crying, which is completely understandable. And you see how uncomfortable he is. Yeah. You know, and you're, and it's like it. You know, if you're paying attention, you're sitting here going. These two don't don't need to be together, 
you know. Because um, he's he's not feeling her pain. Yeah. He's he, yeah. He's not. He's not a. You know, he's not there for her. And it was. And to be honest, that that for me that was uncomfortable to watch. You know, I, I know some. You know, some people might you know might feel sorry for the guy. It's like oh, she's losing her. She's lo- losing her marbles. You know, and it's uncomfortable. But you know, for me, I felt uncomfortable. Like she needs somebody to be there with her. You know, and it's completely understandable why she feels the way. And, and, you know, he can't comfort her. You know, he just cannot sympathize with her at all. And she's alone in that moment, even if she doesn't realize it. She's alone. And I felt it felt so uncomfortable and I felt so bad for her, you know. And, of course, then you go to that scene where, you know, she, you know, toward the end of the movie where she's screaming and all these women around her are also screaming and sobbing. We're with you. We're here. Your pain is our pain, yes. Yeah, and, you know, at the beginning you're like, are they mocking her? And you realize, no, they're not mocking her. They're like, Mm -hmm. and it's a callback right to that scene at the beginning, you know, and just it reminds you of that. And you're like, holy, you know, it's like there she was alone, here she's not, you know. And so it makes absolute sense why she buys into this community and becomes a part of the community. And, um, um, a very, like I said, a very, very good film. And of course, um, there was some um, there were some things that were cut out of that film. And my understanding is, with the digital release, you know, we will get a director's cut that gives us more of it. And I, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that for sure. Okay. But, uh, um, but I figure before we go, I mean, obviously, we do need to talk a little bit about what's been going on this week. Uh, especially, you know, uh, with, you know, I'm sure everybody who's listening uh, is very well aware of, you know, George Floyd and and what has what has happened because of that. And it's, you know, and, you know, in a strange way, it's kind of pushed, uh, you know, all this stuff about the coronavirus to the side, because, you know, of course, everyone else has been, um, you know, everybody is thinking about this now. And, you know, especially with as all the things that we've been dealing with uh, the last few months, you know, this, I think it seems like it hits harder. Uh, everybody is just at the, you know, they're at the end, uh, you know, this is their last nerve. And then something like this happens, which it's been happening. I mean, the last month or so, you know, we, we have been seeing a lot of a lot of this in the news. And this was just, and and we've been seeing it for years, for sure. Yeah, I think on your TikTok, uh, you, like you know, it's been on the news constantly, and it's on on feed uh, news feeds constantly. But I think on your TikTok, you were the first person who even talked about Rodney King, and you know, and they have I haven't even seen parallels to that yet, and um, you know, and not. Uh, and not only that, you know, but the the first time they called they they called it the lynching, um, the the man who was hunted down and shot, you know, by a father and son. Uh, you know, we, I think of lynching and I, I think of hanging from a tree, but they're absolutely right that that was lynching. Um, that and a twenty seven year old woman who was minding her own business, sleeping in her mm-hmm. own house, and the police bust in, wind up shooting and killing her. You know, yeah, because Taylor. yeah, yeah, exactly, and you know, for no reason in the world is that they had the wrong address on on um, you know on a warrant, and so, mm-hmm. 
But, you know, the thing about it is, uh, I think that there that this has become a perfect storm of things where, you know, people I'm hoping at this point are now saying this is enough. We, th- this has gone far enough. And it seems like, uh, it, it seems like th- that may be the case. Although I know, and why I brought up Rodney King is that a lot of things were being said, uh, that, you know, once we, uh, um, you know, once some time passed, you know, uh, we, we, things went back to normal and we were able to kind of uh, ignore that. But um, as a horror writer, I know uh, the importance of tension and release. And I think especially in this situation where, especially with coronavirus and everything that uh, that has, you know, all the change that's brought on, uh, this was just, this was just it. They were like, this, this is enough. We've had, we've had enough of this. And perhaps, you know, now we, we could possibly see, um, people kind of take this seriously. And I, you know, I, when I posted TikTok, I, I expected to get some negative comments and I did. And, you know, I, of course everybody talks about rioting and looting and, you know, that's not the way to, to get any kind of attention. Um, that being said, you know, when, um, you know, uh, you mean a quiet protest, like say kneeling during the national anthem in a football game, that's, that's more appropriate. Well, you know, it's like um, that's that's the thing. People are not going to be comfortable with it until it's quiet enough they can ignore yeah. it. And yeah, and I've seen those, and 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 as we are, we uh, we have become a battle of memes uh, because I've seen, you know, there's the Kaepernick uh, kneeling uh, beside of you know the officer officer shows and kneeling, and you know, and then we have the the protesters who are protesting, you know, wanting to go back to work, and uh, versus the protesters who are um, who are protesting uh, violence against uh, Black Americans, and we're they're just we're fighting over over these pictures, and no one's, you know, most of the people aren't doing anything. They're just, you know, well, why is this okay, but this isn't okay, and uh, well, you wanted this, but you, you know, you're also looting. And you know that's that's not what's that's not what's important. I don't know if I don't know what it's not straw man. I don't know what the and maybe mud slinging. I don't I don't know any of those terms. But, well, the, uh, yeah, the the term you're looking for is an ad ho, uh, ad hominem attack, and basically an ad hominem attack is where you're attacking someone's character uh, instead of talking their points. In other words, mm-hmm. where somebody is arguing a point and you say, but but you did this or you did this. And so by attacking their character, you're basically saying that you can't trust what they're saying because for whatever reason, they're not a good person or, you know, or whatever. And so, I mean, that's what's, I mean, you're definitely getting a lot of this stuff. You know, one of the comments that I got on my, on my TikTok, you know, saying, you know, that this has gone on long enough and and we have to, we have to have a change is, um, somebody asked me, well, how can you talk about that when you don't talk about, you know, black on black crime and things like that? And I'm like, what's the, you know, what's, um, you know, what's that, you know, what does that have to do with what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, it's like they're saying, well, you know, you know, look how, you know, how much more, you know, criminal, you know, the criminality of, of, of black folks, you know, and that sort of thing. And I'm like, well, you also have to understand um, 
they're they're over police and they're being harassed and uh and the fact is if um if I shoot a black man um it's more it's going to it's you know it's more likely that it's going to be ruled justifiable you know if somebody shoot you know a black man shoots me they're they're going to jail you know mm-hmm. me I got a shot yep me I get pulled over for speeding there's um uh, you know point point you know zero 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 whatever is that you know a cop is going to pull their gun on me and yeah and I recognize that I was in a you know this happened years and years ago but I was in a car with with someone you know I'm uh, I don't smoke I don't smoke pot but I uh, was riding in a car with a friend of mine who does smoke pot and had it on him and we got pulled over by a police officer in Virginia uh and if you know uh but we you know and they found it they found the pot uh but we got to drive away uh we weren't charged with anything um if you know if we had been black we'd be in jail now you know um i mean i know i know uh some people hate hate it when you when you bring up uh uh white privilege but it's a thing it really is a thing and um and uh the thing about it is i when i when when i think of white privilege i don't think of it as a gift that's been given to me as much as I think of it as a right that's been taken away from other people mm-hmm. um, because everyone should be treated fairly. And, um, but to bring this back, you know, we are the geek watch podcast um, to bring this back to the geek world. Uh, you know, while we're of the mind of, you know, treating people fairly, you know um, there's a lot of BS uh, even in the geek world, that absolutely, I think it this you know, needs to go. Um, people who are um, marginalized because uh, you know they are a, a different color, a, a different gender. Uh, heck, just even uh, the matter of you know that what uh, uh, what version of Doctor Who do they like better? You know, <laughs> and it's you know we can be very, you know, and there's a lot of that everywhere. I mean. Uh, goth culture, which uh, I love goth culture, but at the same time, I know that there are some goths out there that love black unless it's somebody's skin. And that oh. has to and that mm-hmm. has to go. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's a, you know, and I've said this many times, I mean, with the coronavirus and everything else that's going on, a lot of things are being stress tested at this point. And there's just a lot of stuff that we've been able to ignore in the past that we just can't ignore it anymore. And like I said in the TikTok, um, I'm hoping that that this time things are going to be different because they need to be different. And because this is I mean, this has gone on way too long. This I mean, it's simple. I mean, it's simply and an, an obvious what how how things have been, how comfortable we've been ignoring it and hoping that it'll go away. Uh now it's on, you know. Now it's in the forefront, and, you, and it can't be ignored anymore. Um, like I think, very much like the Me Too movement, that has brought out a lot of things to the forefront, uh, to a point where you know there's certain behaviors that you know were secret behaviors that are not tolerated anymore. I hope that this this 
point in time will do the same thing. You know, finally, I mean, obviously, when you're looking at hundreds of years of an institutionalized racism, it's not going to go away overnight, but it's certainly not going to go away at all if we continue to ignore it. And with it now being at the forefront, finally, uh, and in everyone's face, maybe we maybe we can start to see this change that we've been hoping for 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 a while. So, um, you know, it's like I said at the beginning. You know, the world's changing, but uh, you know, is it changing enough? I figure at this point, you know, only time can tell. But you know, um, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, Mandy, I'm, I'm sure you feel the same. You know, of course. You know, we here on the podcast certainly support Black Lives Matter, and we're not afraid to say Black Lives Matter, you know? Yes. So, uh, to the, you know, to our geeks of color out there, you know, know that we're with you for sure. And, uh, like I say, hopefully things get better because they need to for sure. And so, with that, we come to the end of episode 108 of the Geek Watch podcast. Thank you for listening. And, uh, you know, um, again, we're not sure when we will broadcast again. Obviously, with things being as weird as it's, they are, we've been uh, not as steady. But, uh, we, you know, as much as we can, we'll definitely uh, uh, bring out the podcast to you. And we want you all to remember that we're all geeky about something. Be proud of yours. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Geek Watch Podcast. If you enjoyed this program, don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch Podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch Podcast is a Hanging J production. <laughs>